those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Back for another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. Jessica Rhino. And we are going right ahead on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 4, at Flourish and Blots. Yes. Did I say that correctly? I think so. Yeah, who, who knows? Who cares at this point? Yeah, it's our imagination. You know. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Last chapter was The Burrow. Harry has been... Shacking up with the Weasley clan for the remainder of the summer? Yes, they rescued him. They did. In a chitty 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 bang bang. Horrible fate locked in his bedroom eating canned soup. And life is quite different. That was the first thing that I noticed in chapter four here. How would you describe Harry's life at the borough versus his previous life with the Dursleys? Well, life at the borough is fantastic. Yeah. It's magic. It's magical. It really is. There's a lot of things in the Weasley household. For example, I think they said above the mantle, there is... There's a mirror a, that yells at you. <laughs> you're not you know, Yeah, properly if you don't have your shirt tucked in dressed. and things like that. I mean, just I think the overall difference is that it is, we mentioned in the last episode, it is a house built on love and... And food. Family and massive food. amounts of food <laughs> and little potato guys in the garden <laughs> that you have to throw out from time to time and flying muggle automobiles in the shed. Yes. That Miss Weasley was not aware of until last episode, the shenanigans of last episode. I would just love to be in the borough. That's why I think. Last time we were getting ready to read, you said, ooh, the next chapter is called The Burrow. And mm-hmm. I, like, squealed because mm-hmm. I love The Burrow. They don't have, lo- I mean, they really hit home how they don't have a lot of money. Yeah, I was going to bring that up later. just the fact that for Harry, you know, coming from anti-anything magic or imaginary or fun household, now he is, like, literally immersed in a magical world. There's what a, things that are, you know, charmed there that he would never think of. Well, what about the dichotomy between Harry, who has never been in a household like this, and Ron, who this is old hat for him. Everything to Harry is new and cool, and everything to Ron is kind of, eh, you know. Old and, and a little embarrassing. He's, right. he's embarrassed by their house and that he knows the, how, that they're poor and that mm-hmm. things are shabby. And But Harry, he just sees it as a magical place because it is. Everything there is. I just keep thinking of the movie when you when you go in and like things are scrub, clothes are scrubbing themselves and everything's mm-hmm. like doing things on its own. Can you talk a little bit about Mr. Weasley's muggle fascination? Because in this chapter, very early on, Mr. Weasley is kind of grilling Harry on muggle life and life with the Dursleys. And later on, he even asks about escapaders. Escapaders, yeah. Which I assumed he was talking about escalators. (laughs) I think so. But I wasn't sure, so I looked it up on... Potterpedia or whatever, Wikipotter or whatever it <laughs> One is. One of those things. And it turns out that, yes, he was indeed talking about escalators, but did not know how to say it because of his lack of exposure to the magical muggle moving stairs. So talk a little bit about Mr. Weasley's muggle fascination, which we found out about in the last chapter and is continuing yes. in likes, chapter four. He likes to collect muggle things and tinker with them take them apart see how they work um he asks harry about the telephone and how it worked Uh, what else did he ask him about 
Escapaders. Escapaders. Well, that was later when he said, how did you get there the first time? Yeah, really, it seems like Mr. Weasley is not just fascinated, but impressed with science. And science's, I guess, relation to magic. It kind of reminds me of in the, the Thor movie, where Thor talks about how I come from a place where magic and science are one and the same. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, when you think about the advances in technology, even that we have today, it's pretty insane when you think of the things that science have been able to do. It's almost like magic, you know, with these with these little computers that we keep in our pockets that we can access any information in the world. Especially information about Harry Potter. By talking to our... <laughs> these magic little computers in our in our pockets you can access any information in the world or talk to anybody in the world or book travel plans to go anywhere into the world on these flying machines it really is kind of our version the muggle version of magic and i think that mr weasley sees that and as impressed as a muggle would be with things that a witch or a wizard could do I think Mr. Weasley is equally impressed with the things that muggle scientists can do, if that makes sense. Well, they don't really have, like, they don't have our technology, like you're saying. They don't have telephones, they don't have this, they don't have that. From our, from a muggle point of view, wizards live a little bit more primitive mm-hmm. than we, than muggles do, because they don't have our technology. Sure. But Mr. Weasley sees it as, look at all the things you guys can do without magic it's Mm -hmm. just amazing that you've come up with these gizmos and gadgets to compensate for your lack of magic not that he looks down on muggles because he's not one of those wizards but just he kind of views it as like a handicap for muggles Mm -hmm. you you don't have magic so how do you survive by making these neat things we kind of get the the sense with a couple different events that happen in the chapter that Mr. Weasley is not only fascinated with muggles, but feels that as a wizard, he feels some kind of duty to almost protect them. Because Lucius mentions later in the chapter about the the Muggle Protection Act or something Mm -hmm. like that, and he bets that Arthur Weasley was behind that. And then the big event that we're going to talk about at the very end of the chapter that kind of comes out of Mr. Weasley's need to stand up for the muggles who can't stand up for themselves so to speak but let's talk about the second year students going back to hogwarts this year that being hermione and ron and harry they have a list of some required reading yes yes. that would be eight books seven of which (laughs) seven are by a gentleman named gilderoy lockhart and i believe it was ron who said well i'll bet the new defense against the dark arts teacher is a witch because Lockhart is loved by the ladies, right? Yes, yes, we mentioned that in the mm-hmm. last chapter. Just briefly. Uh, Mrs. Weasley seems to have a bit of a fascination with him. And it's not just Mrs. Weasley, but it, it's seemingly all middle-aged women wizard, witches in the world. <laughs> yes. Have you ever seen the movie Empire Records? No. Okay, so there's this scene in Empire Records where like this aging rocker, a guy who was kind of big, kind of had his his heyday several years ago, and he's kind of coming out with a, a new album, so he's signing at the record store, and all the ladies that, you know, he's used to having young girls, you know, come up to him, and now all of his fans are kind of, uh, not like super older, but older women, and he's kind of taken, it kind of takes him back for a second that he kind of it comes to this realization of, of where he's where his standing is now and it seems like gilderoy lockhart's niche audience his target audience is maybe moms in their 30s or 40s (laughs) yeah it seems so yes okay that's just kind of the impression that i got by the way uh defense against the dark arts as i'm kind of doing my my short or short form notes here is dada d-a-d-a Oh, okay. <laughs> Dada. So whenever I see Dada in my notes, just like whenever I see HP, it's I know it's Harry. Huh. But whenever I see Dada, We're learning your, it's defense against the, the dark arts. 
Another thing that happens is Hermione writes back to the crew, finally, I guess. Yes. Er- Errol made a, a made the trip back. <laughs> Nearly killing poor Errol. At least now, now Hedwig's there to right. kind of take over. Sure. And Hermione's plan is to meet the crew in Diagon Alley, I think, Wednesday, Wednesday. of next week. Yeah, to get all their shopping do their done. shopping, so that would be a good chance for them to kind of reconnect before they go back to Hogwarts. And you, t- you mentioned earlier about the Weasleys' kind of financial woes and just, like, their their quality of life and, and the fact that they're, they're not the Malfoys. They're not uh, born with silver spoons in their mouths, and they're not... They don't have... Servants and things running around the house that and right knew of anything fancy of anything they they get by and the Weasleys have always seemed to kind of be as the Muggles would say living check to check so to speak it also I think is a big part they have a huge family yeah and that's a lot of food with and it's all almost all boys with the mm-hmm. exception of Jenny and you know growing boys eat a lot of food mm-hmm. six bacon sandwiches each I mean come on that's a lot of bacon and bacon's expensive too it is so the the Weasleys are really in a financial bind this year particularly because we find out that those Gilderoy Lockhart books are not cheap and now Jenny is starting at Hogwarts too and she needs everything mm-hmm. everything to get her going. So, she's going to need robes, she's going to need a wand, she's going to need books. Children and books, and yeah. All that stuff that Harry went shopping for last year, now Jenny's. And apparently a lot of this stuff is going to come secondhand. I guess they have, like, thrift shops in, in Diagon Alley. I'm sure they do. That, that was the impression that we get later in the chapter, is that a lot of these... I mean, you can't get a wand secondhand. You're going to have to... You're kind of making a face there. Someone does. Mm. But not here. I got you. But I mean, I guess you could get robes. You can get cauldrons. She's going to get some used books later on in the chapter. And that's going to kind of cause a little bit of a of, of drama later in the chapter, too. But Harry feels in this chapter a bit uncomfortable about that, right? I was uncomfortable reading it. Mm-hmm. I was... A lot of this chapter, you know, I, I haven't read the books in a very long time. And a lot of this chapter, you know, I know what happens. I remember it from the movie. But as I was reading it, it, it was playing out a little differently in in the story than what I remembered. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're walking into Gringotts. And I'm like, oh, no, wait a minute. They're not going to go together, are they? Because I knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. I knew they were going to see Harry's stash. And I was just like, oh, that's going Scrooge McDuck vault. All kinds of uncomfortable. And I was. It was like uncomfortable reading it, mm-hmm. just knowing what was going to happen. Sure. So uh, speaking of Gringotts and speaking of Diagon Alley, explain flu powder. <laughs> what is it? How does it work? And what are some of the dangers of flu powder, if not used correctly? Again, you know, I was kind of just automatically picturing the scene from the movie, but, um, and it happened a little differently. So in the books, they take a pinch of the powder, the flu powder, from a flower pot, because where else would you keep a magical powder that transports people places, but in a flower pot. And you throw a pinch into the fire, the already lit fire, and it turns green, and you step in, and it kind of grabs you and pulls you in, and you say where you want to go, and it takes you there. Um, in the movie, I think the fire pit, fireplace was empty, and they just kind of stepped inside and dropped it, and poof, they were gone, mm-hmm. and green flames shot up, but they kept that part. But in the book, it would just seem much more complicated. I'm like, well, no wonder he got screwed up. This, this is very complicated. She's mm. like, make sure you get out the right gate and keep your elbows keep your, yeah, tucked, keep your arms tucked in. <laughs> don't get out too soon. Don't Speak get out too very early. clearly. Uh, don't panic. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Don't do that. Make sure you do that. It was just, it was all very complicated. Yeah, Harry almost lost his bacon sandwiches. Yeah. Apparently, you do a lot of spinning. Yeah. I didn't realize there was a so lot of much spinning, spinning involved. involved. Um, but yeah, so you just. Throw some, a pinch into the fire, say where you want to go, and and then follow all the directions. So what are some of the dangers of flu powder, if not used correctly? Uh, apparently you end up places you didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. In the wrong fireplace, right? Yeah, just 
fall into somebody's living room, maybe. So it's just a fireplace transportation service. Yes. FTS. (laughs) (laughs) All kinds of acronyms Short form here. Well, I work in education, so acronyms are king. I see. In education. And you have have not been in education that long, but I'm assuming that you are starting to learn that, that acronyms are king. I I just don't pay attention to them. That's a good good way to go about your job. Somebody said something about what, what I said. Oh, there's a bunch of meetings today, and they said, "Are they IEPs or EEPs?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I don't know. They're meetings. Doesn't matter." You said to me. IDK. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Eh, I don't know. I'm just supposed to cover the class. The teacher's going to a meeting. I don't care what kind it is." So Harry, first time traveling by flu powder, ends up in the wrong fireplace. Yes, not a good one either. No, not a good one at all. Harry comes out of the fireplace, doesn't see anybody else that he recognizes, so he knows that something has gone terribly wrong. He hides in a large black cabinet, still of un- still unsure of where he is, when in walks Lucius and Draco Malfoy to wherever the heck Harry is at right yeah, now. Yeah, he lands in some creepy shop. He figures that much out. Mm-hmm. There's like a shriveled up hand mm-hmm. and an eyeball and just... And the Malfoys are there. Creepy things. So. Yeah. So, yeah, then he tries to leave, but the Malfoys come walking in, so he hides in the cabinet and just spies on them. Right. With, and a creepy store owner appears, an unsavory fellow. Oh, and he's broken his glasses at this point, too. Of course. So he can't really see without holding both sides up to his eyes. Yeah. And, oh, he's just, and he bumped his nose when he fell, and, oh, he's in a bad way. Yeah, can't do the Oculus Reparo or whatever no. it is. So a creepy store owner appears, unsavory fellow. The Malfoys are there. Draco's admiring skulls for sale. This is definitely not a Friendly not where place. he parked his car. Yeah. <laughs> and Lucius is not there to seemingly purchase unsavory items. He's there to sell. Yes, he's worried. The Ministry of Magic is doing some raids. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you about that in just a second. So I think stop talking. No, go ahead. I was just going to explain that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, Uh, the Ministry of Magic's doing some raids, and he doesn't want to be caught with any unsavory items, anything that might make him look suspicious or creepy or up to no good. So my my question was going to be, what can you tell us about the raids? Are these in connection with the Ministry trying to sniff out any remaining uh, vestiges of the Voldemort reign is this connected to that what are the what's going on with the raids and why are they so I, it just kind of reminded me of and I hate to bring up horrible times in history but after September 11th happened mm-hmm. the, the government got very vigilant about checking out every little lead and putting a band-aid on every little problem that or that could be construed as a problem and it kind of I didn't know if this was connected to that and the fact that Voldemort is gone, but some of his followers might still be out there. Lucius even being one of his former followers who kind of played dumb and said that, I didn't know what was happening. I was under a spell. I was bamboozled and hoodwinked. Is this connected to that or is this something else? Uh, They don't really explain it yet at this point. We do know that, because they said earlier in the other chapter that the Ministry has done things to check up on people searching for these muggle items. Because that's Mm -hmm. what Molly was worried about, Mrs. Weasley was worried about. What if they came and we got busted because we have this flying car? Mm -hmm. All of that. So that's really all we know that the Ministry's looking around for. They haven't really said they're looking for former dark arts things Mm -hmm. it's been 11 years 12 years we i would think they would have gotten that out of their system by now they would Mm -hmm. have done all that checking and rechecking so i don't know i don't know what these raids are about the the reason i ask that is because i wouldn't think it would be muggle things that lucius would be unloading if he's coming to a shop like that he obviously has some pretty bad stuff that he doesn't want to be caught with, which means may, leads me to believe that 
the ministry is looking for some bad things, well, dark not, arts type stuff. Not necessarily. Maybe they're there to look for muggle items, but if you have something illegal sitting on your counter while they're there, you're going to get busted for that. So once the Malfoys leave, Harry gets the heck out of there, stumbles into an alley, and realizes that he is in a strip mall of dark arts shops. <laughs> Known as... Nocturne Alley. Nocturne Alley, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I was envisioning my strip, your strip mall. Yeah, it's a strip mall. Just unsavory places. I've actually been to strip malls of un- unsavory places before. <laughs> Looking for a comic book shop before. I was like, uh, I don't think the comic book store's here. <laughs> I don't think so. I think we need to leave. It, describe Nocturne Alley, just it, the, that you pictured in your head. I mean, I know you probably, you've seen you've seen the movies and you've even been to I the... I say, we've been there. You've been to the... Wizarding World version down at Universal Studios of, of Nocturne Alley, which is really cool. It's actually kind of hard to find. You actually kind of have to look like you're going the wrong way. Yeah, like nowhere. You're like, oh, what's this little opening here? And you go through. Right. And... You you wonder if you're going back into like where the employees work or something. <laughs> but all of a sudden, there's just a whole nother little setup yeah. that not a lot of people see because they're not really looking for it. And of course, it's it's Nocturne Alley, so it wouldn't be advertised because, you know, you wouldn't have a big glowing light saying, hey, come on down here. We have great sales going on. Two for one on skulls, monkey paws. Come on down. Yeah, it's just, they describe in the book, you know, that there's the one with like the shrunken heads and and everything's just dark and shady. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of picture what's in the movie and what we saw when we were there. And, and Harry does get to actually see the name of the place that he was stuck in. Borgen and Burks? You said it was Mr. Borgen? Yeah, that was the guy's name. That greasy guy. Yeah, and his partner, uh, Johnny Burks, wasn't there. Oh, I, yeah, we didn't meet him. <laughs> Johnny. Yeah, I, I doubt it's Johnny. <laughs> it's probably some kind of Lucius-type name. But... We've got creepy wizards kind of muttering grumble grumble in the in the alley. We've got an old witch trying to uh, pawn off some human fingernails on Harry, and Hagrid shows up. Hagrid comes to save the day. It's kind of seemingly out of nowhere. For such a big guy, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you didn't see that coming. Hagrid is upset with Harry for being there in the first place, despite Harry's claims that it was not his fault. He's trying. Mean to be here. He is really trying to explain to Hagrid that I did not mean to come down here. This was not my goal. There was flu powder involved. (laughs) There was the Malfoys were there. Literal sorcery involved. Right. And Hagrid leads Harry back to Diagon Alley, where Harry reconnects with the panicked Weasleys who have been searching feverishly for him, and also with Hermione's family. Yeah, I I just never even imagined Hermione's parents being in Diagon Alley. I kind of think we need that as like a side story. Mm-hmm. Hermione's first trip with mm-hmm. her parents to Diagon Alley. <laughs> and you, could, you can tell the parents are not comfortable there. You could tell that Hermione, it's just, you know, normal. She's seen quite a few things in her young life. Oh, yes. And including near-death experiences and encounters with mystical creatures and all kinds of, of magical nonsense. But the parents are kind of, I just imagine the mom kind of clutching her purse really tight. and <laughs> Then standing huddled together really close and stiff. Sure. And- Sure, terrified. But, but it it's also kind of cool that they are there, and that kind of tells you that they're not put off at all by Hermione being a a witch. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I would assume that this would have to be quite a huge shock for them, being both being Muggles and not having any knowledge of magic in the wizarding world and then to find out that your daughter has magical tendencies and that she is not going to be going to a regular school she's going to be going to a wizarding school and not only that but you have to go to this secret part of london and 
Buy her magical school supplies. They're handling it pretty well. This is their second year. All things considered. All things considered, I think they're handling it pretty well. So Harry, the Weasleys, and the Grangers are all heading to Gringotts for different reasons. Harry and the Weasleys are going there to withdraw money. And the Grangers are there to exchange muggle money for <laughs> wizarding coin. Yes, I mean, how can you purchase wizarding materials without some wizarding money? I just love the the picture I get of the Grangers waiting for the next goblin to <laughs> to to talk to them. And you know, Hermione doesn't seem like it bothers her at all. I mean, she's gone you know, battled trolls before and the the Grangers are they're handling it pretty well, but you can tell they're definitely out of their element, right? Yes. But Mr. Weasley steps up and jumps up and starts talking to them like they're the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, Arthur Weasley cannot contain himself no. at all. It's like the Grangers are celebrities yes. to him. Can can we go get a drink after this? Can we go do this? Can we go do this? What's oh this? I've never Tell seen Muggle Money before. It's, it's kind of the, the same way that he's been acting around Harry, but multiplied because now he gets to actually talk to real adults about these things. And technically real muggles, because Harry's not a muggle. He grew right. up in the muggle world, right. but there's still some kind of, even though he thought he was a muggle until just recently, there's still like some kind of barrier there where he's not a real one. Right, absolutely. So a bit later, we head to the namesake of the chapter, Flourish and Blots, the bookstore. I'm sure you're really excited about heading to the bookstore. Bookstore. And who happens to be signing that day? The author of seven-eighths of Hogwarts Required Reading for second-year students, Mr. Uh, Gilderoy Lockhart. And Hermione is excited because she really likes books and he writes the majority of the books yeah, that they're required you're gonna to get read. to meet him but why is the store packed with middle-aged witches again because that's his <laughs> fan base and uh and all of the mothers are there to buy their children's school books yeah that's I'm sure that's why they're there yeah. well i mean they have to be there but that's why they're there. That they're like, day oh, so and so. Did you? Uh, are you here to buy your student or to buy your kids' books? Like, no, we bought those books last week. <laughs> they're at home. They they're they weren't allowed to come with me. <laughs> um, but he's he's there because he's signing yet another book. Oh yeah, not a book that's on their list. Oh yeah, this is a new book. So he pumps them out. Who does this guy think he is? Daniel Steele? <laughs> Get like 150 books out. You like to finish an author. Yeah. Once you get started. <laughs> uh, and Lockhart's celebrity is clearly evident immediately. I mean, there's a line out the door. The Daily Prophet is there taking pictures. But when Lockhart sees Harry, he's a bit starstruck, too. Or at least he pretends to be. Mm-hmm. The one, the only Harry Potter. Wants to get a picture with him for the things that will get him on the cover of the daily prophet yeah, he says that harry's there to buy his book it's like harry came today to buy my new book the famous harry potter wants to buy my book that must mean it's pretty good yeah i imagine that that made all the the middle-aged women swoon <laughs> mm, i bet it is <laughs> two middle-aged women very well no oh, thank you uh <laughs> But uh, Mrs. Weasley is uh, pretty close to the front of the line mm -hmm. at, at that point. There. Harry, Ron, and Hermione kind of just Weasley their way up to the to the front of the line. And Lockhart takes a few picks with Harry. But then we learn the real reason why 88% of the book list at Hogwarts <laughs> is Gilderoy's work. And that's because he's going to be the new Dada teacher. Dada teacher. At Hogwarts next year, Defense Against the Dark Arts. There you go. And that was kind of his, you know, the Daily Prophet was there. He's got a big crowd. I'll make a big announcement that I, Gilderoy Lockhart, world famous author, are, am going to give back to the community <laughs> by serving at Hogwarts as the new Teach Dada teacher. Yeah. I, to me, that kind of seemed like, I don't know if 
he was he kind of seemed like he was doing it to sound like he like I said like he was giving back to I'm going to become a lowly professor and teach these young wizards and witches the ways of magic and the things that I've learned over the year because I'm such a good person of course, of course. that's why I'm doing it I'm gonna guess that he's got ulterior motives I'm, I'm gonna guess now you having read the book me not having read the book I'm gonna guess that Gilderoy Lockhart is not as um, fantastic. Yeah, as I'm he trying appears. to think. I'm think, trying to think of the right ad, right adjective. But I mean, I, I just I don't think that he's doing it just for the betterment of the children. Let's say that he okay. doesn't strike me as a guy who does things just out of the kindness of his heart. He strikes me as the look at me, look at me, soak it in. To, you know. Take a picture; it'll last forever. And I don't he's, he's already upped his book sales quite a bit. Oh yeah, by uh, making everybody buy seven books for each child. That is extreme. That is an extremely good point. <laughs> <laughs> for every second-year student at Hogwarts, he has guaranteed seven book sales. <laughs> well, not just second. Doesn't Jenny need them too? I would. Ass- well, I, I guess I didn't think of that. I guess I assumed that Jenny would get the same books that. The boys got and and Hermione got last year, but I guess the, no, the required the, reading list changes. The professor changed, so every he's year. changing the curriculum, and oh. his curriculum is that is true because his, his books because uh, Lockhart gives Harry a free stack of his books. Yes, he does. And Harry gives the free books to Jenny and says that here you take these, I'll go buy my own, which I thought was was kind of cool. That and that brings up another thing. Don't you think Harry? kind of just wants to give the Weasleys a, some, bunch, of money. a bunch of money. Yeah. But he he can't find the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. That was that was kind of the thought and I was going to so I was going to ask if you were thinking the same thing. I just got the impression when they go to Gringotts and they go into the Weasley's vault and Mrs. Weasley kind of like checks the corners just to see if there was just... And cleans it out. Yeah, just kind of see if there was any like uh, loose coin or anything there. Anything rolled off into the dark corner. And then Harry goes into his and he's kind of trying to hide his Scrooge McDuck money uh, pool from everybody with his body. And scooping it into his bag as quick as possible. Right, and, and knowing skinny little Harry can't hide anything. Yeah. You know, could hide. Haggard wasn't there. Could turn sideways and disappear. No, Mrs. Weasley's been fattening him up. Yeah. Yeah, but six bacon sandwiches, he's going to need. Fourth helpings of everything. Yeah, he might need some wizarding cholesterol medicine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just saying. Just saying. I'm just saying. But uh, that's got to be. You said you were uncomfortable with that in reading that Harry's got to be uncomfortable too and he buys like Ron and Hermione ice cream later on which you know they when you're buying something for like your 12 year old friend they're a lot more accepting of it I'm yeah you want to buy me something yeah of course but I'm sure Arthur and Molly Weasley would be super put off and super embarrassed if that offer was made you know and there's no way they would accept that no. There's no way at all. I mean, I mean, yeah, I was trying to think. Some way Harry could be like, well, since I'm staying with you, mm-hmm. let me give you some money for, you know, room and board kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not that board costs them any money, but food, definitely. Yeah. You know, just to help out a little bit. But you know they'd never. Would, no. would your mom? No. no That's uh, the bottom line. Would no. your mom do it? No. I, I can't give my mom anything. So gift cards are like totally... Out, out of the question for Christmas or Mother's Day or anything. If you give my mom a gift card so she can go somewhere nice to eat, she will give that gift card to one of the kids. You know, if the kids are, uh, and not so much anymore because most of them have, have moved out. They can, yeah. But, you know, if one of the kids was complaining, there's nothing to eat. She's like, here, here, take this four, $50 gift card to Applebee's. Go eat. And they would spend... All of it. Yeah, because it's a free $50. I would never accept that from my mom. However, not all uh, the brothers and sisters are would feel the same way about yeah. that. 
Uh, if you get my mom a massage gift card or something like that, she would give it to somebody who's stressed out or something like that. Uh, so I totally see your point. In that respect, we have one more major event to talk about. The Malfoys show up in the bookshop, and Draco is, of course, upset with seeing everything that's going on with Harry's celebrity and Gilderoy Lockhart and the pictures for the Daily Prophet and kind of the scene that was made with Harry being in the bookshop. Ron is mad because he's convinced that Draco was behind the plot to keep Harry and kick Harry out of Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. Jenny is mad at Draco for messing with Harry. This is the first time that Jenny really speaks, speaks up yeah. in complete sentences with <laughs> Harry in the in the same room. She's usually very mumbly-fumbly around him because she's got a little crush. Little crush. She got a little crush on on Harry. Jenny turns on the vitriol here with <laughs> but you know, don't mess with Harry. <laughs> Back off. Yeah. And Draco kind of needles her back, saying, oh, Potter's got a little, himself a little girlfriend, which kind of makes Ginny back off from, from embarrassment. And Arthur Weasley steps in, tries to pull the kids away from the drama, when Arthur comes face-to-face -face with Lucius Malfoy. And Lucius, we learned earlier, has reason to hate Weasley for working with the Ministry because he thinks that he has something to do with these raids that are happening. Right. And, and Lucius, we can assume, has a lot to hide. Yes. Even the guy, um, greasy guy at the shop, mm -hmm. says that after Malfoy leaves, he's like, you've got much worse than this in your house. <laughs> that list is nothing. Uh, Lucius makes fun of the Weasley's wealth, of course. And I kind of put in my notes that I'm sure Arthur is used to this by now. And if it was just, oh, you're poor. If it was just insults like that, I'm sure Arthur Weasley could have easily brushed it off and there would not have been an incident. However, when someone challenges your ability to care for your family and provide for your family, challenges your... Not, not necessarily your manhood, but you know your fatherhood and your qualifications and ability as a caretaker of the family. That seemed to be what, to me, what kind of pushed Arthur over the edge there. I didn't think so. You didn't think so? Like he said, he said about, you know, we kind of made fun of him. You can't provide for your family. You can't do that. You do all kinds of things that disgrace the wizarding name and... Mm -hmm. And Arthur kind of came back, well, we have different definitions of what disgraces wizards. But then Malfoy uh, looked over and saw the Grangers. Their company, the Weasley's company. Yeah, keeping the com company. It wasn't until he attacked the Muggles, mm -hmm. and even indirectly, but mm -hmm. he attacked the Muggles. I'm assuming they were close enough that they could hear what he said or whatever, because why not? He'd say it, even if they could hear it. Mm -hmm. And Arthur just kind of lost his cool then. He's like, no, you don't get to insult the muggles to mm -hmm. their face. Yeah, apparently Lucius has a bit of prejudice against non-magical people. And even thus... Deeper than that, he only likes the old wizarding families the pure that are bloods. pure bloods. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this leads to a throwdown in the bookstore. <laughs> I totally forgot that this between happened. Between Lucius and Arthur. So describe the scene in your head. Book, uh, bookshelves getting knocked yeah, over. Yeah, uh, Arthur jumps on Lucius and knocks him back into the bookshelf. Things are falling. Kids are yelling. Twins, of course, are rooting him on. Go, Dad. Get him. The Daily and Prophet's snapping picks. Snapping picks. And Gilderoy Lockhart's trying to sell it as... Oh, they probably are fighting over the last copy of my book. <laughs> I, uh, my celebrity got them in such a frenzy that... Molly's mad, and yeah. I'm sure she's fuming and sure. embarrassed her in front of Gilderoy. Oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Heaven forbid you get embarrassed. What can he, what would, imagine what he thought. I wonder if this is going to cause any additional drama between the sons at Hogwarts this year. If the dads of Ron and Draco have a knockdown drag out fight shortly before going back to school, you got to assume that there's going to be some grumble, grumble, grumble drama between 
Draco and, and Ron, in addition to what they're already is. Yeah. I think Draco's... My dad can beat up your dad. Draco's pretty focused on hating Harry, mm-hmm. but he's going to hate Ron by association. Mm-hmm. Um, but we even heard in the front, in the beginning of the chapter that Lucius was telling him it's not prudent to hate Harry Potter when he's so popular and everybody adores him. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that. But it's okay to hate the Weasleys, apparently, and Muggles in general. Yeah, that was kind of weird. The I, I forgot all about that when Lucius was saying in the shop that, well, you shouldn't... It was almost like he was saying you shouldn't publicly hate yeah. Harry Potter. Like you can hate him as much as you want inside, but it it make it looks bad for I guess the the fake uh, image that we're trying to put out there. That if we hate Harry Potter, because you got you got to remember, Lucius was a guy who was a follower of Voldemort and is trying to sell the fact that he was doing it against his will or he was hoodwinked into doing that Mm -hmm. and who is the greatest enemy of Voldemort at this point well known the only person to ever survive one of his attacks the boy who lived Harry Potter so if we already kind of have this uh, image of us in people's heads yeah that were questionable and then we're the kid is outwardly anti-Harry Potter then that's not good for the, the image that we're trying to keep yeah. up. It's counterproductive. So yeah, he kind of griped at him for that, but then he goes and picks a fight with the Weasleys right there in public. I don't think Lucius was anticipating being... Uh, <laughs> Physically attacked? Yeah, Arthur doing hitting the, the double leg takedown. UFC style on. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't read. I don't remember reading that. I am. Part. I just. I imagine it was. He shot the double leg. <laughs> I think he just kind of shoved him. I don't think so. It was. A, it was a. It was a takedown roll around. I imagine there was a cloud of smoke, with just arms and and uh, legs sticking and out. stars like flying out of it. You know, like cartoon style. Yeah. <laughs> Hanna Barbera style. That seems about right. Yeah, that's just. That's kind of what I see in my head. And books. And books, books flying around. I imagine you were probably pretty upset that books were being damaged in the process. Well, we didn't give any specifics, but they they were doing damage. Oh yeah. He got hit. Jess, by... I gotta break. I gotta break it to you. There's some books got no, messed up. No, no, no. We're just gonna glaze over some that. Some books part. got destroyed. They not get destroyed. Maybe <laughs> they got destroyed. A no, they're no good. They're they're gonna have to take, cut their losses on those. Can't sell them. Can't sell them. I like how the the fact too that I think it was one of the employees of the shop was kind of trying was going to kind of try to keep them there. Uh, uh, Lucius and and Arthur was going to kind of try to keep them there to to answer for what they've done to the bookshop. But then Hagrid shows up once again at the yeah. perfect time. Hagrid shows up and pulls them apart like little squabbling kittens. Just scruffs them both sure. and pulls them apart. And, um, yeah, and then he takes the Weasley group and ushers them out. And the, the empl- store employee kind of backs yeah, off. He, well, he said he only came up to his waist, at that so there wasn't yeah. much he could do. I imagine Arthur didn't care about being scruffed and <laughs> picked up off the ground. I imagine Lucius was fired up about that, <laughs> about dirty old Hagrid, you know, manhandling him, which I thought was hilarious. I thought it was great. Uh, but I imagine that Lucius was oh, just fuming after that. You know, not only the fact that poor Arthur Muggle-loving Weasley himself put his hands on him in public, but not only that, but he had the indignity of being scruffed by by yes. Hagrid. We definitely need somebody to do some fan art with Hagrid <laughs> holding a little white kitten and a little red-orange tabby kitten and, yeah. like, trying to claw at each other and... Just yeah. holding them both up by their yeah. scruffs. Email it to us at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. And uh, if we like it, we'll send you a t-shirt. How about that? Oh, yeah. Good deals. So anything else you want to talk about in the chapter? Because we've got an email um, here one thing, to wrap up with. One thing I want to talk about. Because was it the last episode we were talking about uh, alternative houses for people? Mm. And you tried to put Draco in Ravenclaw. Yeah. And his dad... In his dad said he's chapter. not a good student. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes! He cannot be in Ravenclaw because his grades are awful. All right. And he's not going to amount to anything. Well, now, I know Lucius is probably needlessly hard on his son, 
that Draco was has no alternate moment. house. Let's, let's. Yeah, he is 100% Slytherin. There's no way he could be in Hufflepuff. There's no way that he could be in Gryffindor. And then we've proven in this chapter that he can't be in Ravenclaw either. So it's either Slytherin or you go home, bud. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Different school or something. <laughs> All right. Ready for the email? Sure. All right. So we'll wrap it up here. You can always send us your emails at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Uh, we will read it on the show. And this week's email comes from Trina in Waterloo, Iowa. Hi, Trina. And Trina writes, we've gotten a good idea of what the Gryffindor common room looks like because of how much time the main characters spend there. But how do the other house common rooms look? Talk a little bit about what you know about the other houses, and then I'll kind of delve into what I found on Pottermore because apparently J.K. Rowling kind of goes... Apparently, this is something that had been asked to her before, Mm -hmm. and she felt compelled to kind of go into detail about what the common rooms look like, where they were situated, why we don't get to see all of them in the books or in the movies. Go ahead and talk about what you know about the the other common rooms outside of Gryffindor. We do visit... Slytherins later on. Mm-hmm. We visit Slytherin's common room. We know that it's just down... skulls and bodies hanging everywhere. <laughs> no, we know that it's down by the dungeon. Just the snake. Of course it is. Just a snake pit. It's not a snake. It's a pit. wretched hive of scum and villainy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there were sweets sitting around, but um, yes, yeah, so we know that that one's down by the dungeons. Hufflepuff's over by the kitchen. I think Hufflepuff's probably the one we know the least about. Mm-hmm. Other than it's by the kitchens. Ravenclaw, we know, is up in a tower. And you have to answer a riddle in order to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently there's... the... Uh, what I Sorry to interrupt you, but the, the riddles change all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different riddle. Right. So and you it, can't just remember the right. answer. And, it, and it's only ones that somebody who had been sorted into Ravenclaw would have the... Wit? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word for it, to to be able to figure it out. And that's how they kind of, they have, and I'm going to tell you the, the Hufflepuff one, <laughs> which, is, which is really funny. Uh, apparently all the different houses have their own ways of keeping other, others, out. others out, which is kind of cool. So, sorry to interrupt you. Right. Uh, I know, I don't know if it's specific in the books, but I've read that there's a big statue of Rowena Wave. Ru- I can't talk. Rowena Ravenclaw uh-huh. in the middle of the common room, the Ravenclaw common room. I don't think we really visit it in the movies. I do know that um, the new Harry Potter game mm-hmm. that I've been playing mobile on my game. phone, yeah, the mm-hmm. mobile game, Hogwarts Mysteries. Uh, I've been sorted into Ravenclaw, of course. Of course. And I get to visit the Ravenclaw common room there. Oh, nice. And so I see it on the game cool. all the time. And it's really pretty. It's like a domed room in the tower, and the sky is like a purple midnight sky with these stars. It's purple and blue, and it seems to move around. We've got the statue in the middle, and it's circular, and there's just a bunch of big couches for people to sit and read. Um, But I think that's really all we know. I've seen pictures of the the Hufflepuff one on the game mm-hmm. but just like screenshots so I didn't I haven't like explored it or anything I might have Maybe, to play the game yeah you'll have to play the game <laughs> and get sorted in Hufflepuff so we can see what the Hufflepuff room looks like nice so uh, what'd you find well the on Pottermore it says the Hufflepuff common room is entered from the same corridor as the Hogwarts kitchen and it says proceeding past the large still life that forms the entrance to the latter a pile of large barrels is found to be stacked in a shadowy stone recess on the right-hand side of the corridor. So there's, imagine, I'm imagining like big old, like, uh, pirate barrels, <laughs> like in the, right, That, yeah. that that's kind of what I'm, you know, with the little cork in them, yeah. you know, full of rum. And it says, the barrel two from the bottom, middle of the second row, will, be op- will open if tapped in the rhythm of Helga Hufflepuff. So I'm guessing you have to go, Helga Hufflepuff. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how you get it? Uh, Yes. Okay. As a security device to repel non-Hufflepuffs, tapping on the wrong barrel or tapping the incorrect number of times results in one of the lids bursting off and drenching the interloper in vinegar. Ew. 
<laughs> so if you tap on the wrong barrel or if you don't tap Helga Hufflepuff, you will be drenched in vinegar. Uh, it also says a sloping earthy path passage inside the barrel uh, travels upward a little way until a cozy round low ceiling room is revealed reminiscent of a badger's set. So it looks like a... Cozy little yeah, den. Yeah. Uh, the room is decorated in the cheerful bee light colors of yellow and black, emphasized by the use of highly polished honey-colored wood for the tables and the round doors, which lead to the boys' and girls' dormitories, furnished with comfortable wooden be bedsteads, all covered in patchwork quilts. Uh, apparently, it's very earthy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of plants and flowers, uh, various cacti stand on wooden circular shelves, curved to fit the walls. Uh, many of them waving and dancing oh. as as you pass by. And uh, there's even uh, copper bottom plant holders dangling amid the ceiling cause tendrils of ferns and ivies to brush your hair as you pass underneath them. That's kind of cool. You get your hair brushed as you walk by. Mm -hmm. And uh, a portrait over the wooden mantelpiece this is my favorite part. Call, carved all over with decorative dancing badgers. <laughs> Shows Helga Hufflepuff, one of the four founders of Hogwarts School, toasting her students with a tiny two-handled golden cup. So there's little tiny dancing badgers over the, the mantle, which I thought is awesome. And uh, there was a, something at the bottom here by that J.K. Rowling wrote, wrote. It said J.K. Rowling's thoughts. She, she said, when I first planned the series, I expected Harry to visit all four house common rooms during his time at Hogwarts. There came a point when I realized that there was never going to be a valid reason to enter the Hufflepuff room. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, it is quite as real to me as the other three, and I always knew exactly where those Hufflepuffs were going when they headed off toward the kitchen after lessons. Aww. I mean, we could, I, you know, I, I don't want to waste time by just reading to people because I hate when I have a, a meeting after school and I have a PowerPoint presentation read to me yes. when I have the copy of it in my hands. <laughs> like, let me read word for word to you what this says. Okay. Or, or I could just read it myself, and you can kind of drill down deeper into it and, you know, lead the discussion. Or you, you could just read it to me as if I'm a child. So if you want to learn more, go on Pottermore.com, and you can read a detailed descriptions of all four common rooms. And then even at the bottom, they get, they've got uh, personal thoughts from J.K. Rowling about uh, that particular common room. Pottermore is amazing. Yeah. You learn there's so much backstory and history that she wrote out when working on this series. That it's just a great way to to kind of have all of your extracurricular Potter stuff in one place, rather than just having like something in this magazine, something on this website, something. Let's put out a new book of, the, of just random thoughts. Let's put it all on Pottermore and get everything kind of uh, grouped together in one spot. And it's, it's awesome. And that's the only official place to get sorted in your house as well. Yes, I don't accept You don't other expect quizzes. like quiz feed or no. buzz time? No. Or People what? are like, I'm Gryffindor. And I'm like, eh, are you really? But are you though? Did you but are go you, on Pottermore? The Pottermore website sort. I have a, a girl at school. Uh, she's a second grader as of recording of this in 2018. And she... Got, finally got sorted. She did the official sorting. She is a Hufflepuff. She said she's okay with it, but it's not really what she wanted. She wanted to be a Gryffindor. And she's second grade and, and checks out the Harry Potter books. And those are, you know, seventh and eighth grade books. And, I, and she, she's not reading on that, that high of a level, but she's so determined to have these books that she's she struggles through them, you know, which is, I think is just so cool. Which to, is Ravenclaw. To, yeah, to be, to be able <laughs> so she needs to, to, be, to be able to see that. She is a little young for it. So mm -hmm. I could see that where, you know, me, like in the story, you wait until you're That's true. a certain age, she gets sorted. She's probably only seven or eight. Mm -hmm. It's not time for her to be sorted sure. yet. So maybe when she turns 11, she'll, she'll need to be resorted. resorted. Uh, she also told me about, she said, well, I'm a Hufflepuff, my sister's a Slytherin, my mom's a Gryffindor, so she wanted me to print out coloring pages for her. Uh, and I said, oh, do you want one with all the different on different uh, houses on there? She said, no, 
can I possibly have <laughs> one with just Hufflepuff? No, no, two with just Hufflepuff because my friend's a Hufflepuff too. And two with Slytherin because my sister's a Slytherin, but I think her friend's a Slytherin too. And it was, it was just, it was adorable. It was great. So uh, thanks to Trina for the awesome email and go on to Pottermore and check out those detailed descriptions of the uh, Griffin or of the uh, house common rooms. And Jessica, you are, uh, have been a pretty uh, big proponent of the new Harry Potter game. You say you've been getting into it. Yes. I can't say that it's like exciting Mm -hmm. or anything, but I, there's like its own Mm storyline. So you're following a story um, that part's interesting. It takes place before the Harry Potter time period. Oh, nice. Uh, a timeline. Uh, Bill Weasley is at school mm-hmm. with you. So that's kind of where... Bill Weasley, is he the one who end up, ends up working for Gringotts? Yes. In Egypt? Yeah. Charlie's right? the dragons. Yeah. Bill's Gringotts. Gotcha. And so it's when Bill's at school with you. He's a couple years older... And you're doing, like, your first year starting. And um, it's fun. It's a lot of just tapping things. Mm-hmm. You're not really in reading. You're not mm-hmm. really doing a whole lot. Um, and then you have to wait for your energy to refill before you can do anything else. And things are locked. It's all very timed. So, yeah. like, when you're doing things, it takes up your energy. And then once your energy's out, you have to wait for it to refill. And then even if you finish a level or a, a chapter, or whatever they're calling it, there are things you have to do, but they're locked until two hours. You have to wait two hours for it to unlock, or you have mm-hmm. to wait three hours for this to unlock, or whatever. Or you have to pay for it. So, Or you, you can always buy more energy, too. So basically, if you want to spend money, then yeah, of course, you can just sit there and keep playing. But otherwise, you're doing a lot of waiting. So it, it is one of those games that's free to download, but it has a pay window built into it. Yeah. Yeah, which is what most, that's kind of what most of the games are now. You know, if you want to play for a while and then go do something else for a few hours, it's not bad. But if that's how they get you, is they want you, if you want to continue now, then, you know, you might have to pay to refill your energy or whatever. It's not even play for a while, though. You're playing for five minutes. Oh, okay. You don't play for very long. I mean, I've... My energy store has gone up. I don't remember what I started at. It was like 20-something energies, and mm-hmm. I think at like 26 or 27. So mm-hmm. I've got so more play for energy, longer. so I can play a little. Yeah. It's, it's four more taps. Sure. Because every tap takes an sure. inner energy. Gotcha. But. Well, maybe you need to eat a Snickers bar or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was somebody making... You're cranky when you're hungry. Yeah. There was somebody making fun of the game because uh, the, the task was take a break mm-hmm. but he didn't have enough energy to, <laughs> to take a break <laughs> he's like what I, this doesn't make any sense I, I need to spend energy to take a break therein lies the conundrum <laughs> yes <laughs> one of the classic uh, questions of life or it takes four energies t- what happens if page? i'm too too tired to take a break <laughs> i have to wait four minutes for my energy to replenish so that I can take a break. Gotcha. Or it takes four energies to turn the page of a book. And it's like, oh, <laughs> my goodness. Oh, man. Uh, so I, I think that's going to do it for us on this episode <laughs> of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Chapter 4 at Flourish and Blots, which is uh, a bookstore slash mixed martial arts fighting gym. Oh. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. So uh, it's a lot, uh, lot more exciting. Than I thought I need to start going to the bookstore with you more. Yeah, let's go now. I don't really like fighting though. But you could watch it. You like to watch. Fights. Yeah, I do. That's true. I'm worried that some guy will try to start stuff with me now, because apparently that's what happens in <laughs> bookstores. Although we went to the bookstore yesterday and nobody, uh, nobody started anything with no. me. But I had we had our dogs with us too. Yes. So, so nobody, really. People just came up to us wanting to pet. Yeah, the dogs. nobody's gonna start anything with us when we got our. We're like celebrities. Our vicious when we have dogs. Our dogs with us. Batman and Robin. Yes. Yeah, they're more famous than we are, <laughs> and we have an insanely successful podcast. Uh, speaking of this insanely successful podcast, we'll say goodbye to you. Uh, we will be back next time with chapter five of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, as I am working my way through the illustrated version, which is amazing. It's so cool. 
I, I wanted to get the illustrated version because I wanted to see what those little potato guys look like. <laughs> and they got really good pictures of them. And these wonderful pictures of Diagon Alley that I'll show you. Yeah, I was looking done, through that. Uh, recording here. It just looks so cool. Just several uh, double uh, page spreads of of uh, all the shops in Diagon Alley. It's just of so the strip cool. Mall. Of uh, uh, the the good strip mall, and then we don't get to see much of the uh, evil strip mall. <laughs> it's more like shadowy figures and things like that. Until next time, I am Dan Rhino. Jessica Rhino. And we will see you then. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense.